six months the size is changing period quickly no period so yeah 40 and i I have clearance my my baby then got shoes my son's had shoes that he wasn't even able to wear that i had to pass on Mm -hmm. that were jays right because Mm -hmm. he wasn't walking he wasn't using them what i'm putting them on him for you know so it's it's you know it's and we and it wasn't out of our pocket pocket like you said it's a gift right and and, in that at the same time you almost don't want to mess up the Jays. He's a two-year-old with some shoes. He's going to do what he's supposed to do. Right. right. You know, that's, that's bend, how it bend is. Bend them toes. Quick. Quickly. <laughs> I And I messed up, too. I messed around. I didn't spend a lot of money on them, but I messed around and got them some all-white fresh joints. Oh. What? He looked at him and was like, oh, I'm going to take this marker and this crayon. Immediately. I'm going to draw Shredder on him. I'm going to. What are you talking about? I'm going to plow the streets (laughs) with my feet today, Dad. Watch. See? Soccer. And then invite you to watch him. See? Look, come watch me. Exactly. You're like, no. No. No, yeah. He destroyed him. So I I had to hide him. Just so he can't wear them. Because he likes them. That's the problem. He, oh, well, I want to wear them. He's doing what he's supposed to do. So you bought him some party shoes for every day. Why? That's the, <laughs> it, it, it's not it. It's why. You got to get the you got to get the cloth. Something can, that might be able to go in the wash a couple times. Man. Something that can be washed. Yeah. For real. <laughs> hey, hey. Mm-hmm. You know you're done when that bottom is getting smooth. <laughs> when the bottom is smooth, it's, it's time to go. When, hey, when hey. that toe start popping out, that's it. No fly net, no nothing. We, we of that got that fabric. forty worth, baby. Mm-hmm. I could look at my wife and say we did that. And they got the nerve to sell Air Maxes at that. Age. Like what? Seven twenties? 
Hey, come you know on, what's funny? Man. Hey, come on, man. This far off the ground. Come on, man. Hey, we got a pair. Real talk. <laughs> <laughs> My little man got a pair of some some Air Max. He got them from his uncle. And like I said, we was looking for the thirty forty dollars sneakers. He comes with those. We look at him like these are seventy dollars sneakers. Hey, unks the plug though. Unks the plug. Unks the plug. Unks the plug. So so we we had to we had to step down and say, well, you know, these are shoes for that. So I can't get upset when he's wearing them and he's doing what he's supposed to do in some good shoes. Right. You know, we stay away from the Jordans because as he was growing up, he's only two. The J's are a lot bigger and they're clunkier and they're not even good for walking. Right. You know, so he we, we, we started with uh, New Balance. So he's on his third pair of New Balance, you know, and it's like he could run like the wind. Right. He's ready for cross country. Right. And that's what it's about, you know. A lot of people put their kids in shoes that they want to be seen in. When when developmentally, these kids ain't even going to be able to walk right with these uh, Frankenstein shoes I'm on. Telling, I, that's exactly what I did because I was like, "Oh, that was kind of fresh." Yeah, with the gum bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For you, oh, yeah. For no. you, I'll show you gum bottom, Dad. Hubba bubba. These the gum shoes now. Let, let me worst. ask y'all this: How how does it feel to have children now, and to watch them grow up, and to try to be able to guide them and teach them things? How does it feel? It's the best, man. I yeah, I got mixed feelings. It's the best. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna keep one hundred. Like, yes. Man. Oh, it comes what? with it comes with, but the reward is what I'm talking about. The reward it, is always because you have a five, six year old, and I got a seventeen year old. So just you know, looking ahead, and also with nephews who are close to thirty that I've known forever, like since I was fifteen. The end result is right. where it's at, and that's the thing with parenting too. You in the trenches changing diapers and you got two in diapers and somebody crying through the night. It's later on when that baby makes you proud, when you get that tear, like, that's my baby. Right. That's, I mean, that's what Well, it's you know about. what? I ain't there yet. You know? No, you're not. Hey, it's, 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 hey, it's a journey. Oh, it's for, a journey. For me, journey. though, for me, I feel like it's, um, it's, it's why one of the most genuine and, and important jobs you will ever have. You know what I'm saying? Because it's something you really didn't have to work to create. Because mm-hmm. it was the miracle that you know God blessed you with to have kids. But then the work started the minute that that kid was conceived, and from that moment, it's like you're learning. Because there is no playbook. <laughs> There's no playbook. no playbook. When we left the hospital, when we went to the hospital, it was like, "What we do is like, oh, y'all learn." You know what I'm saying? It's like you will learn, mm-hmm. and and it's like it's a They'll constant state of learning. And to have a kid show up, it's like you know that they have you and they have them out, you know. 50-50. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and so when you see them do things that you can instantly recognize that maybe your your spouse can't, and you're like, man, that's me all day. Yeah. And I'm pissed off because I know that that's me, but how do you parent you out of them? Right. How do you, you know parent you out of them? And And especially if it's something that you know ain't something that they should be doing and you're thinking back to the how you did it and they doing it better <laughs> and so this so at the same time where you like man i gotta do this it's my responsibility you kind of like damn that's kind of cool that's slick you know you did what you you know and i'm like so how i see it is i see my son manipulate his mama 
and played it, and he's old enough to know how the game. Do you is take played. notes from him? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. he's sweetening her up. We're recording. We're recording. We'll talk later. He's sweetening her up. Okay, he wants a popsicle before and after dinner. So he already done got me because, yo, dad, I didn't mess with Reagan today. I'm cool, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, go ahead and get you a popsicle. Cool. He get it. He kills it. Mom come home. Mom, going to get a popsicle after dinner? Well, if you eat all your dinner, you can get a popsicle. Okay. And he already knows what he's about to do. Right. And we'll yeah. go and do it. And you sitting there like. That's game, boy. Why you? You, you already learned it. You know? that's, his, that's his life. So well, it's, it's, it's running the, things it's in, in his DNA, circle, man. man. Finding angles. It's in the DNA because I'm like, man, how does this dude know that? Like, how does he know? Like, I ain't teaching him that. He just got it in him. You know, so. Oh, they pay attention. That's how they learn. Oh, first yeah. of all, your, your first learning comes from observing. Right. For you sure. know, and as a child, you're paying attention and you're looking and we moving. We moving and grooving and they learning. And then when they hit you with, with you know, you're like, where'd that come from? They learned that from you. Especially if you're around. If you're around. And if I think, around. And I think yeah. what, what they do is they catch us off guard because they're picking it up so fast. Yeah. And they're perceptive and they're like, oh, I see how you respond when I do this. And we're like, oh, you're only four, or you're only three, or whatever. You're not. I'm not ready for you to be at this stage of development yet. But meanwhile, they've been at school with 20, 30 other kids and teachers and whatnot. And they've the been learning this all other moms and dads. Day. They, they, that's and one they come thing, home, and we're not ready for it. They click. You, they click. You, you, you can parent your kid the way you do, and then you send them to a friend's house that has an older sibling. Mm. It's over. Oh, man. Seven-year-olds on TikTok. He's, he's getting a grown adult education. Real quick. Older brothers and sisters are on other stuff. My son, yeah, I, my I, son's it, it got, happened to me on a different level. My son's sibling is 16. So you can only imagine what he's... Yeah. He knows and talks about yeah. everything. I'm like, man. Yeah. Hold on! How do you know about all? Hey, that's that's how it rides, man. And they don't, and they don't, they don't even go easy on him. Like when he was young, they'd be like, "Why are you talking like that?" Like he's two, he's three. You're talking wrong, though. He's he's the cutest thing on they they Snapchat. That that was one of the realest things that that I heard though. It was like, like when my son, we never talked like a kid to him. We right. never changed how we talked. Right. It was always just the same. Whatever you was going to say is what you're going to say. He didn't get the hey, Google. Nah, nah, nah. No, hey, knock it off. Right. <laughs> with, with, with two For adults. <laughs> with two adults. Yeah. Because that's he, what my two-year-old goes through. Does your kid believe in Santa? He does. Does he? He did. I don't <laughs> think he does now. Right. But he did. I, sure. I get He's I, pay, he, he pays attention. <clears throat> Yeah, he pays I, attention. He's like, okay. Hey, you know, I, my kids, I, I, my kids he knows when tax season is. My kids believe in Santa, Hanukkah, Harry, <laughs> the Easter Bunny, <laughs> all of them at the same time. And you four to yeah. two, though. You four to two. Four to two. But my you know who they 12, cannot yeah. stand and don't want to believe in? The bunny. Two fairy. No, the two fairy. Yeah. Uh, like this coming woman to get your is teeth. not coming yeah. in my house. No. Daddy, no. <laughs> Just think all the other 
things that we named previous to the Tooth Fairy, they come giving you something. The Tooth Fairy needs something before she's they give you something. She's not leaving without taking something that no. you got in you. I need that tooth. Yeah. Yeah. Choppers. That loose chopper. Hey, man. Well, I, I, I always under your it. pillow. I'll be to see you. Just think how nasty she is. Right. <laughs> she grabbing. Do she got gloves? Teeth. The worst teeth previous to an adult. That probably stank. So <laughs> she got a mask and this is social social distancing. You know what? How she get in the house though? How, how she get in the house? And that's the and that's she's not coming through the chimney. And son, look, that's how I need you to report. How she coming through? That's bad why. Breath. That's why Santa ain't real. Amen. You see anyone with all red coming in our chimney? You beat him up first. <laughs> alarm. And then alarm exactly. What is he doing in here? Uh, and that's what's funny too. Like the stories <laughs> that are surrounding these characters are so ridiculous. Only kids can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a hell of a show for uh, the adult fairy tales. Oh my. <laughs> As adults, <laughs> see that play out. How Same many of them would be alive after? This you. Oh, you Santa's getting that? killed. Oh yeah, <laughs> quick in August. The school's getting especially now with if all the COVID and, 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 and protesting. He's the oldest one. He's gone. What you Santa's mean you got the, oldest the sweat hogs and the Oompa Loompas working in the North Pole? Oh, he's canceled. We got a. The, he's a slave. Santa Claus is getting canceled. Are their papers? Yes. <laughs> Making it. They're not being fairly paid. Nope. Oompa lives matter. <laughs> Come on, man. He. They're overworked. It's, it's slavery. The whole the world. conditions. <laughs> trafficking. <laughs> he's, he's, he's trafficking. trafficking. And his Child wife is there laws, too. Man. man, we 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 ran away from that last week. Mm. The trafficking. We didn't. Ooh. I don't even. Since that happened, you see that all these celebrities on Twitter got hacked this week. Oh yeah, I saw Obama got hacked. Well, again, these these are the certain celebrities though. They're not just random. These are all the same people involved in what we were just talking about—that trafficking, that Pizza Gate, that. It's a Black Mirror episode. It is. We're Wayfair. Well, speak on the Wayfair for those that might not be up to speed. Well, I was watching a commercial. Hold on, hold on. What, what's Wayfair? Wayfair, isn't that uh, kind of like um, IKEA where they sell things yeah, online? Yeah, it's, it's like an online. You know, you can get shelving. Distributor. Pillows, things like that. Yeah. Um. Well, it was brought to my attention by someone where a lot of the names online, like of the pillows, of the different um, items that they had for sale, like some of the things were like shelvings or just things in boxes and it'd be like, you know, a couple grand. And it's like, you know, you flipping through that, you just flipping through. Well, what what I understood it to be was more or less like a, um, a catalog or order form for trafficked 
I don't want to human just, trafficking, human trafficking, child and it, trafficking, and, and it seems like the going rate is a base level of ten thousand dollars or better. Right, and the name of the shelving would what? be like, like the name of the shelving would be like if you went to look it up, uh, it was called Desiree or something. It, it would be the name of a, of a of missing a, child, of a missing so they person. They try to put a color. They try to put a, make it a color. No, so let's say you wanted to look at a table. It would be like Charles Holloway table. Ten thousand eleven hundred dollars, no way. for sale, and, and it was it was such One cold. It was such cold because you would go over it and look past it. But if you knew what you was looking for, if you was there looking for that, you know you you would go to that. And it didn't make any sense to me at first. But then when the person who I was talking to showed me that you know this name of this item is lined up in the same name of a missing girl, the name of this item. Is the same name of a missing girl, and it coincidence don't happen so many times, you know. Ain't everybody's lying. If you hitting the half court shot ten times mm-hmm. in a row, it ain't luck no more. Mm-hmm. He hitting the shot from from half court. Right. <laughs> Period. He's hitting that. He's hitting. He, he's got that. He's yeah. that. You know. Out. So mm-hmm. to put that in layman's terms, so as I'm looking at it, and it's like, well, that pillow, you know, Jayla, uh, the Jayla edition. It's like, okay, whatever. But then you line it up with a missing child, and it's like, that pillow costs that much? I'm not going to Wayfair because I ain't looking nothing from Wayfair. Looking for nothing from Wayfair. But if you are looking for that, you know what you're looking for. And it's all hidden in plain sight type stuff. So, like, we was kind of looking at, you know, last week, the different symbols that um, line up with different pedophilia that lines up with different um, corporations and things like that. You know, like I said, hidden in plain sight. So... Yeah, Wayfair, you on blast. You yeah, on blast. And it's called Wayfair Gate, if you look it up. Yeah. Mm. How did it get broken? How did the story get broken? That I don't know because I get my information in a in a in a different vacuum. So I don't necessarily know the origin of certain things specifically like that like who broke that because i nobody's gonna break that on nbc on dateline or fox or cnn so all of the the information that i'm receiving is from a subcategory news source anyway because the type of information that i'm seeking won't be displayed through a mainstream distribution source if that makes sense it's going to have a, a heavy filter on it if it is mm-hmm. heavy mm-hmm. that's that that's that in the shadows in the back alley little folder pass so and- so what i like to do is i like to basically and that's why i was like wayfair gate is if you want to look it up look it up like that you you pull out your own information that you're like whatever your sources are that you go through your cycle, run that through there, see what you get. Mm. And, and and that way, yeah, I could tell you to go look at this, look at that, look at that. Well, they all say that when you go look there. No, go through your own lexicon. Go through how you look and do research. And once something comes across your barometer like that, then you do what you do when you make a decision on things. Because if I go tell you to go down X, Y, and Z, it's going to tell you exactly what I said. 
<clears throat> but what was the difference in me telling you than a video? You got to make your own mind up. You got whatever makes you sway left or right or stay in the middle. That's what you got to rub any new information off of mm -hmm. to see if it it sticks. Because there's a, again, we was talking about a couple weeks ago. There's a lot. There's a lot of information. Sources. There's so much information. You don't. You can't discern whether it's true or not. And mm -hmm. like I said before, a good lie is, or <clears throat> a, a good lie has perfect. a lot of truth in it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a just this perfectly makes little the details different. So there, there, there's things going on right now. Like I'll tell you this. The media, news, whatever, social media, anything you can look at on a screen, it's weird right now. It's a different climate. <clears throat> you can pretty much find whatever truth you want to find. Yeah. Because somebody is putting it out there, both sides of it. Yeah. And I think that's dangerous. But I think it's been, it's always been that way. It's just now more exposed and we all have access to it. We but have it's, access to it's it. It's always been that way. Yeah. There's no his to, story. His you gotta story. watch the news. We can, the news comes on our phone, it alerts us when something new happens. You don't even have to go seeking mm -mm. news out. News comes to you. Every time. On demand twenty four seven. Whenever it something happens. Like, it, even to the point where it's somewhat not even vetted. It's not even about the vetting. It's about who can get the story out first. Right. That's, exa that's exactly where we're at right now. It's who can get the information out first, and it doesn't even have to be accurate. Well, just think about, go back to the OJ situation. You're in the middle of a basketball playoff, and then they cut. Right to the car, to the Bronco chase. Choppers are following, and it's like everything's right there. <laughs> now, had that been on the phone, everybody would have got alerts. Everybody would have got, you know, but they cut the basketball game, you know, and they knew they had everybody. They had a certain core watching this game. We cut right to the chase. Is, is, is that a bad thing? I well, think too much of anything is a bad thing. It's good. And, I mean, It's it, over. It's good and bad. I mean... And to me, most of it, most things can, can, are good. It's good and bad. Well, you get you get something as far as uh, you know, political top of the chain, all the way down to uh, Lizzo broke a hill. It's it's so much, you know. It's it's, it's a glutton. It's a gluttony thing. Lizzo we, broke a hill. That's, I mean, that's a good one. You know how we do it, man. You know how we do it. <laughs> we drop jewels over here. Yeah, that was good. But it's like, you know, it's 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 so much that you got to kind of weed through it to to figure out what can I take from this and from that. And, you know, you just it's it's an overabundance. It, it's an overabundance. But, but I think to your question, you know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? <clears throat> and I, I like what you said is both. It can be both mm -hmm. because imagine the gravity and the power of having access to six billion people all at once take 2020 what were y'all doing when you saw the thing come across your screen that said TMZ reports Kobe died mm. 
It's crazy. Watching golf tournaments, watching whatever, and you see this come across on your phone, and we're all in the same generation, so I would imagine we all had a, the same type of visceral, you know, emotional response to that and disbelief. Disbelief. Because you saw it come through this channel, and you're like, I don't know if TMZ deserves that level of trust and credibility from me yet. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. What I did, I instantly turned to CNN and said, oh, if it's true, then I should see it come across this channel because they, I trust what I'm watching on the news, this cable channel. You know what I'm saying? Because CNN, it's funny that you say that because that is one of the networks that our president says is all about fake news. Correct. Just to throw that in there. Absolutely. And they were one of the first 24-7 cable networks in Baghdad, mm -hmm. 91, when we first went over there. And they were the ones that set the trend that birthed the MSNBCs and the Fox News and all those additional channels that would come later. But point I'm making is it's the establishment of media who were lagging because they still subscribe to, I, I have to try to vet my product so that I can have sources to cooperate what I'm going to put out for consumption. Mm -hmm. And some of these other newer media outlets, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to pick on TMZ, um, they are trying to be first to the game. They have their own level of vetting, but that's because they have people embedded following people plugged, right? And so people knew that this guy was in a, you know, in a helicopter. They knew that he would do this because they have people staked out watching. And when something happens, it's like, okay, I'm going to put it out there and then just let the world burn mm -hmm. for the first 30 minutes until everybody else catches up. And then there's this, well, how did they, you know, irresponsibly... It was their first. You know what I'm saying, but... Police didn't have anything, any reports on it before they let it out. And so family didn't even know. And then they also understand how maybe humans consume information in this digital age because they're going to be rewarded by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Not penalized. The fact that they were first and it ultimately proved to be true. The next time you see something come across mm. your phone screen, you're going to be like, they're gaining credibility. They, they are and because of what you just said. It's changing their company from a Jerry Springer type of organization to a more credible one. And so translate that to, you know, just how the last three and a half years have trained us to consume and, and expect what we expect coming from D.C. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was like and. He was like, yo, I'm going to use this medium to eliminate fake news and put out what I want to put out. The real fake news. And 48 percent <laughs> of the world or of the country is going to roll with me. Yeah. Just I don't cause. need 52. I don't need 50 percent. I just need the, the ones that are going to roll with me. If I can get them. And then they can attract those who believe them. Guess what? Now, I got almost half of y'all. Or we bark loud enough. Or if you get that high on the percentage, you got to um, um, think about people who are apathetic about voting, who aren't going to vote anyway. 
So if you're getting close to half and you think about some people ain't gonna vote anyway, you you good. So let's and and let's keep it all the way real, right? <clears throat> when it comes to your political persuasion, let's face facts. Most humans feel a certain kind of way about a lot of different things. Very seldom are you going to find somebody that is 100% conservative on 100% of the issues or 100% liberal on 100% of the issues. People tend to vote their top priority or priorities, right? Um, And so if, if you understand that and you manipulate that. Yes. Now you can control a certain segment of the population because guess what? They're listening to you because they believe you sight unseen with everything that they have to believe with. So now take it out of politics and then take it in and, and, and then take it over to health. COVID. A pandemic science, something that is scientifically happening to the human race and is killing people and continues to kill people. This somebody can say that's not a thing. It's not real. And you because it may not have impacted you or affected you have a, some oxygen to believe that. Mm-hmm. It's not real. It hasn't happened to me. It hasn't happened to anybody that I know. Therefore, why do I have to believe that? I don't choose to believe you. I'm going to believe this person that says it's not real. It's a hoax. It's propagated by the people that <clears throat> think different than I do on policies. Meanwhile, you have your doctors, the subject matter experts in their f- respective field saying, no, this is real. And then you have to, in your own mind, be- try to believe or Make yourself believe that what they're telling you with that guy standing behind them is real. Right. It's the the levels of what you're being able to swallow or or accept as fact and with the political spin by it. And it's in it, it, it. To your point, it's like you almost have to become your own expert, do your own research and consume all of what you want to consume and then make the best decision for you and your family. That's, because that's so it's, it's, it's your perspective that you're living through, so you, it's imperative that you do such. Because yeah. I will tell you straight up and down, man, based on what I do and how I've done it, um, <clears throat> in January, in my respective business, we had heard about this. I work at a hospital. We had heard about this, and we were preparing for it. We were in supply chain and we were stockpiling and trying to get a handle on what level of PPE supplies we had on hand Mm -hmm. and then go out and try to secure additional levels of PPE and put together spreadsheets to predict based on current usage patterns of said PPE, how many days of on hand supply we would be able to have such that when the doctors, the nurses, the clinicians needed it, we actually had supply available for them to use. This is in January that we were doing this before you had heard about it seriously in the news before it was stated that this is a Chinese thing and there's only 15 people in the country and it'll be gone before Memorial Day. Right? Right. So then February happens and then it's like, 
oh, okay, this is a thing. Hey, we now started to see the supply chain of the said PPE supplies start to dry up. So the domestic manufacturers of the N95 face masks were now putting people on allocation so that you couldn't get all that you wanted. Now they were only going to give you a certain percentage that they would allocate because they started to hoard their stockpiles Mm -hmm. and control the distribution. Meanwhile, a lot of this stuff is even manufactured and distributed offshore. Right. So then March happened, and now the world knows that COVID is a thing. And good luck trying to go find a mask. Yeah. Or some toilet paper. Or anything, (laughs) right? Now you started to see the media grab hold of it and then start to consume. You started consuming what the media was putting in front of you. Absolutely. It's the same thing we just talked about. Yeah. The, The TMZs of the world who were saying this stuff back in January, the mass consumption wasn't believing what they were saying. And they're like, nah, because I'm watching the regular news and they're not saying it. So why should I believe it? (laughs) Until they started seeing it on the six o'clock news. And then guess what? People are in mile long lines at Costco trying to get toilet paper. Yeah. Hand sanitizers. the, the, again, the, the hit on the media before we keep going, it, it's it's one of the strongest tools that we recovered from Nazi. Yeah. The the propaganda machine, we have control of it now. And it's rolling. So, like you were saying, now, it's March. And coronavirus is stateside. If you don't mind... Tell us how this story moves even closer to you. Sure. So in this scenario, right, <clears throat> you know, like I mentioned, I work at a hospital. Now, the one thing with Corona, even still to this day, you cannot 100% unequivocally um, trace exactly how you got it and who you got it from. Right. If you contracted it, you can't do it. Why? Because there's no marker yet. It's still new where you can't, science hasn't evolved to the point where we've had enough people with it for enough periods of time and had enough research done so that it can be traced to the exact host. That's why we still don't know where it came from. Right. Right. So it got near and dear to me because I I contracted it and I had it. So March probably March 21st got the positive test. So what were the events leading up to you being tested? Where did you feel sick? Did you just have to be tested? How did that play out? Sure. So it felt like how many of you ever had a cold? Sure. All of humanity has had a cold. How many of you have ever had the flu? Yeah. Right. And so those are different things. Those were the symptoms. It started out with cold like symptoms and then cold flu like symptoms. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I can't taste the food that's, you know, I'm consuming and I have this lingering cough. Let me start taking my temperature. Temperature didn't spike for a few days. You started feeling body aches. And then all of a sudden it becomes more difficult to breathe. 
the next day, oh, I've spiked the temperature. My temperature went from, you know, regular 98.6 to 99, 100.2. It's climbing. It's climbing. And then all of a sudden, I saw the 101.4. And I'm like, babe, something's dangerous. Something's wrong here. Yeah. This cough isn't going away. And I'm having these aches. And you're steady telling yourself in your internal voice, like, this is. It's a cold. I can fight it off. So oh, you're taking your, yeah. you're taking your your regular Tylenol. Your you know your cough medicine. Your your you're playing this game with your your family. Like hey, you know I'm I'm good. Everybody, are you sick? No, I'm I'm cool. I'm, you're dead. I'm good. You're tough. You know, I had a coughing fit one night, and it got so to be so much. She's like, shaking me. Are, are you sure? You you might have it. Like, no, I don't. And I got upset. Like, why are you saying no? I don't have it. This is a week before I tested positive, right? Right. And she's like, well, something's not right. Why are you saying this? So, (laughs) like, are you listening to the news right now? (laughs) Why are you saying this? Uh, But, but no, man, it it got to a point where it just it it felt abnormal. And I'll tell you what helped. What helped was hearing and seeing the news and that was that validation that I was seeking, right? Like, well, what are the symptoms? You know, and as they start to list them off, I'm like, wait a minute, I got that. I feel that. I feel this. I feel this too. Well, maybe I should go get it. And then you start thinking about all of the things that they're telling you, the experts are saying, here's what you need to be doing. The whole quarantining and the Social distancing. Remember, mm-hmm. this is brand new. Yeah. Novel. This is the novel COVID-19, right? And so this is not normal. You're not understanding what's happening, but it's happening to you, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so when it got to the point where the trigger for me that caused me to go get a test was the temperature, because that was the thing, the fever that I couldn't control. And there was no plausible reason for why the fever was coming in. You yeah. can't play with that anyway. Exactly. Because, you, I mean, we're smart enough to know a yeah. fever yeah, can lead to that. some bad things. Right? Yeah. And so you go get the test. Now, again, because I worked at a hospital, um, I was fortunate and blessed enough to have the ability to get a test. The reason why I make that point is because we're talking early March. It was early. Yeah, no test available. What was playing out in the news at the time? There was people couldn't get tested. We don't know. You can't get a test if you want to. Yep. That's what the scientists are saying. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, our politicians are saying we got all the testing in the world, and if you so if you want to test, you can get a test. Mm. That wasn't true. I was able to do it because I work in healthcare, right? And that was a benefit that they had afforded to us because. We go to work to take care of other people. It was a needed benefit that they had to put in place. And you are at work helping others take care of other people. And that's what gave me a a renewed sense of respect for the superheroes that do it each and every day. And, I mean, these people are selfless on the regular. If you are a nurse, a clinician, a doctor... If you are a janitor in the hospital cleaning a room to turn a room so the next patient can come in it. Yeah. Stat, shout out to the essential workers out there. 
you know what I'm saying? These people are critical mm -hmm. to our healthcare environment. Critical workers. If you are in supply chain and you're moving supplies and putting supplies in a room so somebody can go and take said supply and save somebody's life with it, sterilize you are a equipment. superhero. If you're in a cafeteria feeding people who can't go home, that's, that's man. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 you're right. It's all essential. So, very important. And so for me, again, I cannot tell you exactly how I got it. I have my suspicions. And so one of the things that was happening was as COVID was becoming a thing, as it the virus entered Illinois, we had less than five COVID positive patients in our hospital, right? And so the epidemiologist and the infection control experts said, hey, the CDC, again, we're talking early March, the CDC is coming out with guidelines for how you should protect yourself in a healthcare environment because like it or not, sick people are coming to you. Yeah. So we need to protect you so that you can go in and help take care of the sick people. And hopefully you don't get sick along the way. And so fall back to what I told you about the N95 masks and the gowns, the PPE. So we were trying to write the protocols and put in the proper protocols to arm our nurses and our doctors and clinicians with. And they had to have people to train those doctors, nurses and clinicians to observe them as they would go in and teach them how to don and doff the PPE correctly. And this is all on the fly. On the, on the fly. fly. As, as this is coming in. And so it was a weekend. Everybody's stressed out and this thing is emerging and it's emerging fast. And I get a call from, from my superior saying, man, would you mind going in and volunteering? Because we can't get anyone to volunteer to come in and help train people to learn how to do this appropriately. They will go in, they'll train you for a period of time, for a few hours, make certain you're good, and then you're gonna spend the 10 hour shift helping to train nurses and doctors who are gonna be going in and out of the, I think it was three at the time, patients who actually have it, who we have isolated in the room amidst hundreds of other people that were in the hospital. And I'm like, you know what? Yep, I'll do that. That's the least I could do to help those people who are actually going to be the people going in. If I could help train them so that they are safe, yes, that's what I can do. And so it was a Sunday. I went in on a Sunday, got the training, and learned all of the procedures on what to do, what not to do. And then proceeded to take a 10-hour shift. And in that 10 hours, I saw two nurses actually go into one of the patient's rooms. And I mean, the hospital did a fantastic job of setting up the infrastructure and having everything. But again, what I was trained to do was to see them doing it incorrectly and then train them on how to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. And so I saw one person do it incorrectly and I immediately stopped this person and said, hey, you cannot do this. You have to go back in and doff that PPE, dispose of it in the room that has been exposed. Before you step out. Before you step out into the And that's just protocol room. in any ISO room. You know, and it's so new. And these, these folks have been working for 12 hours and maybe they just fatigued. Yeah. are compassion fatigued or fatigued, right? And so had I not done that, and again, I'm not a hero 
by any stretch, and I'm not saying this to say that, but what I am saying is it was so new. If that person had to come out of that room with that uh, exposed PPE on that I believe I came into contact with redirecting him to go back and do it correctly, not just me would have gotten exposed. Multiple. About everyone on that unit would have gotten exposed unbeknownst to them. Mm -hmm. And so that happened on a Sunday. (laughs) I got my test and a positive confirmation a week later. And so throughout that week, the symptoms started to progress mm. because and yes. When did the cough show up? So the cough showed up probably about two or three days after that, you know, and, and this is early March. And so a couple other things happened that same week that we had to direct and divert because my daughter turned two. we had a birthday party. And if in fact it was on that Sunday, wow. and we had proactively said, Let's not go forward with this birthday party. And we had about 50 people that were scheduled to come in for the birthday party. And we said, hey, let's we're going to cancel the birthday party. It was the Sunday before her birthday, which was March 18th. March 18th is her birthday. And so we decided to not have the birthday party. Tell those 50 people that were going to be coming like classmates, yeah. you know, godparents, friends, family. Grandparents, fifty people to a two-year-old's birthday party. Vulnerable, <laughs> vulnerable, yeah. the most vulnerable populations, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We redirected them and then ended up uh, settling for a two-year-old birthday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> settling for cake and ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. And and ended up doing that. But thank God we did because yes. that would have happened on that Sunday, of which <laughs> I wouldn't even have been available if we had gone to the party to even accept the phone call to go in to work the 10-hour shift. Mm. It's that dude upstairs. Yeah, he moves. He moves. You know what I'm saying? So so it happened. We ended up having that cake and ice cream. Progressively, the cough is getting worse, and the symptoms start. And then that Friday is when the, is when the um, uh, temperature peaked. And all the while, because I was in that observer role, the hospital had armed us with, okay, here's legit things that you need to be watching out for. And if you see this, then do that type of thing. Right. That's what the healthcare professionals were armed with. The real unfettered, here are the guidelines for you. And so one of them was, if you are coming into the hospital, and especially if you're doing this, if you sense any elevated temperature and you're supposed to be taking your temperature every day, then call this hotline go get tested. And if you come back positive, then you need to isolate and quarantine yourself. Right. The turnaround on the test again, early March was they were saying three to five days in some cases, well, we were getting the turnaround in 24 hours. That was the best at the time. Sure. So I went out on a Saturday and at that point, when you go get tested, you don't know if you have it or not. So now you have to act as though you have it. Mm-hmm. So the minute you go in, now you start to quarantine and isolate yourself. Mm. But then contact tracing wasn't even a thing back then because it's so new. So you don't know. You don't even remember who you came into contact with. Right. And so instantly for me, it was my household, 
hey, y'all don't leave the house. And then y'all stay outside of the master bedroom door because daddy's quarantining. You know, and no one's coming in our house. So we chopped it up with our, you know, the grandparents all the time. And, hey, y'all need to quarantine because we were just together. (laughs) And then you start to trace back and say, well, man, who all did I interact with? Right. Did they have it? And did they give it to me? Did I give it to them? I don't know. But now they got to go get tested. And so it kind of snowballs from there. But once I got the confirmation on the positive test, then it was like, okay. And so imagine um, the stories that you hear in the news. And, and I'll just put it out there. I feel like I had a mild case and I continue to be blessed through the process because I'm here to tell you this story. There are 130,000 plus and counting that aren't since early March that aren't here now. And it's mid-July. Yeah, right? March only had 13 days in Illinois you know, before schools were shut down because of correct. it. Because I, I, I sure was going to ask you, after receiving the, the positive on the test, mentally, where are you at? Because of the infancy of this and how the news is portraying this as like you just you just gave out a you know a, a number of deaths when this thing hit the news, it seemed like that was the outcome mm-hmm. so mentally observing that and now receiving a test going and having some symptoms, where are you at mentally so I, I would say my mental state continues to evolve. Um, going through it, it was probably the most scariest, the scariest moment I had ever faced personally in life because you're faced with your mortality and you don't know when it's coming. Oh, and by the way, you can't go through it with anybody else because you're quarantined. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Yeah. Like, pass it to your, your you wife know, or your kids. And so before you even think about that, because that's the immediate next mental game or hurdle that you have to climb is, man, I might not be here. So now you're starting to think about, man, I'm not ready. You know, I didn't do all the stuff I wanted to do. And there's stuff I still need to say. And I still want to, you know, execute and, you know, and, you know, the whole deal. So you're processing all of that at the same time. And then you quickly think, oh, my gosh, man, they don't even have a chance. And they're outside the door. And a two and a four-year-old, they don't know any better. They're like, hey, daddy, I want to come give you a hug. Why can't I give you a hug? You know, why can't I come in the, you know, and, you know, and then you you start playing that game. And it's like, man, I, I, oh, my gosh, that hug just became that much more. A deadly hug. Powerful. But it meant so much more so when I say my mental state evolved, it was. You know, you started thinking about your mortality, but then it's like, man, now I'm starting to appreciate yes, the little things, connection, having the same air that you're breathing in and knowing that that air is not contaminated and knowing that, you know, your engagement and interaction with another human being can ultimately help them or the wrong engagement can, you know, be a detriment to them. And knowing that you have that power all the time, COVID is just the, the the latest in, you know, you know, interaction, and it's the latest pandemic. 
but that's the power that we have as humans. And so for me, it was going through it. One of the most rough times of my life, but recovering from it. And then even finding out that my kids didn't have it. My wife didn't have it, even though I was exposed and quarantined in the house with them and how strong I saw my wife, you know, step up to the plate and not only take care of me, but take care of our kids and make certain that she was good. Man, it's like it it shows you what, you know, strength is all about. And I'm saying at that time, there were maybe 10,000 people. Yeah. Early. Early. Still maybe very, very, very early. Like we're not talking about it being where it is today. Like I remember. And so we were having conversations via text streams. That's the only way you're communicating with people. And even that became a laboring type of thing, like for you to communicate and be present and have the energy to literally type on your phone required energy that you did not have. I think I shared with with you earlier. In order for you to eat when you did have a um, uh, when I did have an appetite, it was it was so difficult to even get out of the bed and walk to the bedroom door that my wife had slid the food in to even go and get the banana and piece of toast Hmm. that I was going to eat for the day because I had no other appetite. The rest of the time I was going to sleep and I was trying to focus on breathing. Yeah. Speak up on some of that, what you was going through physically. I I got, yeah, I got asthma. So I know what it's like to not be able to, to breathe. But now that, you know, I know how to, cope with asthma you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so like that's a different type like that's not well I don't know if it's a different type or not but yeah I mean it the best way I could probably describe it would be um and I don't have asthma and I've never had any respiratory concerns mm-hmm. um would be imagine something that you've never thought about in your life that you've done for every second that you've been alive now becoming the most important thing that you have to think about. And you can't afford not to think about it because who skips breasts? <laughs> right. I'm talking about every inhale Sleep apnea. and every exhale becomes mm. your job. Instead Damn. of being involuntary, it's a voluntary. <laughs> it's a voluntary and matter of fact, thinking of you it. have no choice. Manual breathing. It was that. That's, that's rough. That's rough. That is. That's the. And so, <clears throat> when I say there's a physical aspect to it, but there's also a mental Damn. and emotional aspect to it, I'm not lying. Nah. Like, you have to consciously make the decision if how you want to talk, how you want to expel the energy to fashion words to then articulate words, and you're going through this process because again, in your mind, you're like. Okay, focus on the breath. And you don't have the capacity in your lungs to do. You can't do that. That's not even possible. It's. And if you and if you and if you go beyond it and if you go beyond now, you get into this coughing fit and you're like, I hope the coughing fit doesn't lead me to. Hey. 
call 911 because I need to be put on a ventilator right. because I can't do something. And I cause myself to destroy my lung capacity because I tried to breathe in more than what Deeper. they were capable of doing. Wow. I tried to breathe in deep like I know I can. Like I just like I did this should, last week. Like I should be able to. This is normal, and now that's not normal. And so it's your body. So that's mentally. And that's, that's how you. Really that's that's how you check how you feel too. It'd be like, man, you got a little cold. You, oh, there's the rattle. Let me try to cough that up mm -hmm. or whatever. And so, and I'm gonna spare you the, but coughing it up. Now let them have it. Let them have it. All right. So give it to them. Coughing it up. Your body is the most beautiful thing ever, right? Mm -hmm. It it create. Yes. God did that. Man. <laughs> Man didn't, you know? Man. And so mucus is a is a defense mechanism your body has to expel foreign objects or to try to get out of your system what's not supposed to be there. So when your lungs are filling up with this stuff, sometimes when you're in polite society and you don't want people to see you do something really nasty, you tend to swallow that back. Mm -hmm. And it continues to grow and it, it's there. You're, it's in your lungs and it makes it more difficult for you to breathe. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, man, I got to get this out of me. So next to the bed, you're sitting here with your coughing and then you're you know, trying to get it out. <laughs> right. And mm -hmm. so over the course of the day, you're ending up with a bunch of stuff and you're seeing all this stuff that's sitting here that was in you. Like yeah. cardboard. Yeah. And guess what? Of brown. And the reason why you're doing that is because you don't have the energy to go to the toilet yeah. and spit it out in the toilet. Yeah. So you're like, man, I, you know, I got to do this. Yeah. And so when you start to, again, think about it, you're like, man, this is in you. It's in you. That's in your, your lungs are trying to fight against that. Yeah. You know, so it's it's that type of stuff. Again, you don't hear about this on the news. No, you're not hearing about this in the covid units and they're not broadcasting that to you. you they're not. They're also not telling you that, you know, 70, 80 percent of the folks that get on ventilators don't get off. Yes. And when, when this thing popped mm -hmm. off, that was a connection that I made pretty quickly i was like man they're from from what i'm seeing on the news this is their basically the defense against this and it's not working mm -mm. you don't want to be on that and yeah because i immediately was like in my mind it's like man if i get covid i'm doing the same thing that i did for asthma like i'm gonna try that before i go to the hospital. Before I turn myself in and say, hey, I got this. Until, I mean, for them to just be like, well, we're, we're going to put you on a ventilator. I, here's I'm the scared well, of that. Well, here's I, the I deal. Know. And here's the deal. And and again, I continue to give credit, you know, to the superheroes that do this day in and day out. It's not a, it's not a, um, the first decision to put you on a ventilator. And right. I'm not a doctor. Don't claim to be one on TV either. <laughs> right i'm not um but these folks are are working really hard and they're trying to save your life and so putting you on a machine that's going to assist with again the involuntary mechanism that god built in your body that now is a manual function and you need an, an, a device that's going to assist this manual function 
this is the last effort that they can and have to do because there is no cure. There is no, you know, medication that they're going to give you that's going to release all this stuff from your your lungs. That's not happening. Your lungs have physically expired and they're trying to assist the lungs. Keep in mind what I told you. Last week, before COVID, you were. How many times do you do that a day? Right. And that's how your body is built. You do that when you get upset. I think that you do that. Like I was uh, years ago, a female friend of mine was on the phone. She was like, when you take that deep breath, that means you uh, have a lack of oxygen to your brain. And what, I, what I've taken through that through the years is like your body says, you need a deep breath, homie. Because you keep taking these short breaths and this and that and you talking and you moving and your body says, hey, I need a deep breath. When they tell you to chill out, take a deep breath. You need to get the oxygen to your brain to make everything else, you know, regulate. So your body's saying, check, homie, I need a deep breath. Yeah. You know, so like you said, what you, how many times a day do you go when you when you work out, you get the deep breath? You know what I'm saying? Or when you stress, you take a deep breath or something, but not through the day. you taking... Uh, whatever, how many breaths you take. And so, and, and it's real. And so I'll address a couple more things. Um, but the, the mental and emotional aspect of it, you know, we talked quite a bit about the physical, but the mental and the emotional aspect also and equally have impact on your overall well-being as well. So the mental aspect, again, you're trying to process, am I going to be here? Is this going to be my detriment? Is this going to get me? All right. Is this the boogeyman that finally is doing me in? And then you're mentally like, OK, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm a soldier. I can I can roll through this, man. I hope I didn't infect, you know, my son or my daughter or my wife or my in-laws or my brothers or my sisters or whomever. You know, you're like, man, I hope I didn't. You know, so you got to deal with that mentally. When you finally start to breathe again, it's almost like you can't believe that you made it through. And there are a lot of COVID survivors out here. And you're like, man, you know, and now you re- you start that recovery process and how good it felt just to be able to breathe. <laughs> and it allowed you to put things into perspective like, man, what are we fighting for? Why are we getting all spun up and bent out of shape over things that ultimately at the end of the day have nothing to do with your happiness? Those have to do with your choice because all of that can be taken from you when an involuntary reaction causes you to have to work for it. That's when you start to figure out, man, this is what's most important. Wow. Quick, quickly <laughs> to next breath. You know what I'm saying? I want my next breath. Yeah. And then comes the emotional side of it. Who am I going to choose to take that next breath with? Who deserves my time and who doesn't? And you start to process it like that. So people, I'm telling you, man, people are out here and there for good reason. And again, Mark is not judging them. I'm telling you my story. People are like, oh, my gosh, the government is telling me I can't go and do what I used to do or I can't go and go party like I used to be or go to the bars or go out to eat and do all this, that, and third. They're telling me, they're telling me I must socially distance and remain in my close knit circle and isolate. 
So you can play that mentality and the victim mentality, or you can choose to look at it maybe a different way and say, I am being forced to refocus my efforts on what is most important. And if you, again, a week ago or a month ago or last year thought that the excuse of work or commuting to and from work was an excuse that you tended to use because you didn't spend quality time with your kids or with your spouse, guess what just happened to you? Hey, that excuse is gone now. Yeah. Now what what excuse do you have? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And so it became like that, especially now that you don't. And in my case, I didn't have to think about breathing anymore. I'm like, man, I'm so appreciative for the breath that I have in my body. God, thank you. Now I'm going to sit there and give my time to those who deserve it and who I think deserve it and who I want to give it to my children, my wife, my family. And then it's, hey, COVID is still a thing. Uh, You can't go hug your mama if she doesn't live in the same neighborhood as you. You can't physically go see your friends. You can't go and have a funeral for your grandmother who just passed. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like now that's a mental hurdle that you have to jump to and emotional because you can't. And on this stage of it and to your initial question, my mental state, I'm like, I understand. I get it because I don't want you to go through what I went through. So if it causes me not to engage with you physically, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to respectfully decline the invite for us coming over and chopping it up because it might, I might be asymptomatic. I might still have, you know, and thus I'm not going to. Is there a fear of uh, it reoccurring? And so for me, no, I don't feel that. I do not possess that fear. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. But I think in general, yeah, people are um, apprehensive and they just don't know um, the science behind it. Mm-hmm. The scientists don't know the science behind right. it. We're making educated guesses here. Florida, Texas, okay? Arizona, and so, California. So for me, the recovery aspect was like, what can I do now? How can I help the fight? All right. And so you've seen commercial. Now they have commercials. <laughs> now they have, you know, join the fight against COVID. And you see all the celebrities, you know, plugged in. Now they're yep. not telling you that these celebrities had it. They're not saying that in the in the spots. They're just having the celebrities tell you join the fight. All right. Well, now it's being broadcast to you in the media. This was happening back in April when the hospitals and the researchers were going and getting Uh, approval from the federal government and the regulatory agencies to start research trials for the convalescence and the uh, plasma, um, you know, giving your plasma, donating your plasma so that those platelets can go in and try to help fight Hmm. the, the virus. And so when I started to recover, I started asking the question, how can I help? And that was one of the ways. So I've since donated my blood and that blood is used in research to then take those plasma and that platelet, the platelets to go and help administer it to COVID positive patients to see 
and help be some precursors to potential vaccines. That's the one way, and that's the science behind joining the fight against COVID. And that's why they're asking for blood donation, especially if you have survived COVID. Right. Because you've built up. Because you have the antibodies Mm -hmm. without having to go and get tested to say, do you have it or not? Like if you had a positive test and now you are no longer positive, you've recovered. That's how vaccinations are developed. With your um, COVID diagnosis so early in this uh, pandemic, how was your testing? I mean, because I mean, I only have heard of one way of it down the nasal. Mm-hmm. So was that how it was? Absolutely. So oh, no. I when I got it, it was not mm. not blood, nothing. It was a it was like a long Q-tip. Mm-hmm. They stuck in your nose. They swabbed around in your nose. <laughs> you sneeze. For like five seconds, and they took that Q-tip, put it in a baggie with your all your identifying information. So it doesn't go it through out. your nose down to your throat? No. Okay. Well, I saw that. It's no. going to the sinus cavity, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, literally. <laughs> literally so, the, so there it is. There's there's different things that I've seen. I'm and, telling you. And I, so there are different tests. I felt like right? scratch your throat through your nose, which yeah. is why I was wondering why it didn't just go through the throat. That's the strep no. throat, boy. Lossages. <laughs> No, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of um, misnomers out there. Um, again, I can just tell you the test I had and what they did for me, which was it was a long Q-tip. You've seen them at the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the wood. You go in there. Pause. They <laughs> <laughs> they stick it up your nose, and literally, it was a drive-through testing facility at uh-huh. the hospital that they had set up. So literally, you drive you drove up on that day. Everybody's wearing, you know, the Tyvek suits. They say, do not roll down your window until we ask you to. You show them your ID through your windshield. They verify that it's you. You drive in through this tent and they say, okay. And they have all the appropriate PPE. It looks like a, you know, like a chemical spill is happening. And you roll in the house, literally (laughs) roll your window down. The one person for five seconds swabbed in your nose. Put it in a bag. You go home and you quarantine for that job four weeks. No way. That's I wouldn't want that. I hold your nose up again, man. Like in this thing, oh, this like this thing is side. by no means over. No, but no. The infancy of it. Do you remember the precautions that we were taking that we don't take now? Or like you said, people that are like, "No, nah, this ain't real." Oh, it's a totally different world. I see folks in the same car, one with a mask and one without. And it's like, I don't get that. Or you see somebody in the car by themselves with a mask on. I, I see that. Well, like, I, I think people think that they might be able to contract it airborne through their vents. So what's the six feet for? For example, Somebody on your hood? Well, this is the thing, right? So, <laughs> so trying, what, to, trying to clean your windows? It's in Atlanta. Well, with that being said, though, so if a if six foot distancing reduces the contraction rate, a person can infect an item and leave it, and you pick it up and be contracted with it. Is that correct? Is that the assumption? I I think there's. Um Again, the plug for the the CDC guidelines, right? I mean, we're not experts here. 
we're, we're talking this about. This bro science. Right. So what I would tell you is this. There's always, with any type of um, virus, there's an incubation period. Mm-hmm. And viruses can live for certain periods of time on different types of surfaces. Sure. They can be um, ingested. They can be contracted. There's a, there are contagions, people that can possess these things and then infect certain things. You saw, we all saw the guy on the NBA player. Super shedders. You know, yeah. do uh, this Rudy. and then all of a sudden. Rudy. Rudy Goldberg. Go, Rudy, Rudy Goldberg. Go, Goldberg. 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 And so <laughs> when it was early on, I mean, people were probably taking an abundance of caution saying, if you go to the grocery store, you must wash all of your groceries and oh, the man. bag and the box that it came in. And all we still that. doing that. I, I was doing it. And I'm. I don't do it no more. We still doing that. You was, well, wait a minute. Hold on. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Yeah. Because I. So so so. With what? Me, From Clorox. Wipes. I had a mad Clorox bleach yeah. Yeah. wipes and. My wife and my mother-in-law are the same way. And because I had I, I got asthma. So they're always telling me I need to get a flu shot. I haven't got one in years. So and and as an asthma, a person who has asthma, you're always you always get that stuff for free. You're always offered that stuff for free. So for me, it was like I already got asthma. It's March. So I know. The beginning of spring and the beginning of fall is when my worst is my worst times of year. So it's prime time for all of that. So I'm like, I'm gonna go hard on all of that. So I'm chips, wiping it off, egg like the any packaging because I do it. You, I grab something, look at the uh, ingredients, look at what's in it, and then put it down. If it's like, oh, well, that's too many carbs in that, put it down. So I'm like, well, if I'm doing that, there's got to be another person that's doing it. So yeah. I'm wiping and, everything. And, and I think, and like I said, I don't mean to discount the importance of that. And and I think if it's important to you, do it. Right. right. If this is going to if it's a behavior that's going to make you feel better and more safe, then do it. Right. Because it ain't hurting nothing. It right. ain't it's hurting. One of, it's, it's one of those things that just it like, ain't really hurting nothing. That's just right. like. You feel better. They right. didn't. COVID. And since March, that wasn't the first time that they said, wash your hands and use soap and, and hot water <laughs> and wash your hands for tw- 20 right. seconds. Yeah. Sing the happy birthday that's song that's twice. In the, that's in our restrooms at work. Oh, no. this the is, they've been telling you this since H1N1. They've been telling yeah. you this forever, right? So that's not the, this isn't the first time. I just think the media has gotten a hold of the hysteria and they cannot predict it and they don't know exactly how it's transmitted. That they're throwing... You know, the every the spaghetti against the wall, trying to mm. say, "Man, like, hey, stick. this is gonna stick." So, <laughs> and so, yeah, that has oh, been the masks <laughs> have been mask unfortunately on, have been off. politicized, and yeah. that's where you are starting to see. And to the earlier point, you are starting to see something that is scientific. And the science community, the scientific community is still trying to learn and evolve 
so that they can provide you with the best guidance to make you safe and to keep you safe. When that type of argument gets politicized and then weaponized, weaponized, that's dangerous because keep in mind, there's 48 percent potentially of the population that's going to believe it, Mm -hmm. regardless of what the facts and the truth might be, because your truth is what you want it to be, Hmm. not what it is that those days are long gone. And thus, now we have someone who we perceive to be in an office that you would perceive to be a source of truth. Mm -hmm. Correctness. You know, to now, hey, if well, if they're saying it, it's got to be it. If Tom Brokaw's on, he's he's real. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. But we see the president put a mask on for the first time. What last week? Maybe I didn't even see that. Yeah, I think he visited a a hospital or something like that. Might have been the first time I've ever seen him with with a mask on during this whole thing. And it was presidentially, it was presidentially branded too. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a regular. He didn't go get. Uh, no, hey, it wasn't what, a Reggie Miller. What, what's 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 Don Trump's uh, mask look like? See, you know, it's either all black or you know that Yankee Navy. Uh-huh. You know, you can't tell if it's black or you know Wall Street Secret Service blue suit blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hey, it wasn't beige. No, it wasn't beige. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't camouflage. Wasn't St. Louis Cardinals. You know, he had the seal on there, and then he gave you this this look over the top of the mask, like uh-huh. what? You know, what I mean, he wasn't just standing there. You know, he posed for him. A little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. It was President Donnie Trump's. Yeah, it was a whopper rapper. Air Force One ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy, man. So, so wait, 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 because I know I was about to get, I was about to get lit up because I was wiping down my Cheerios. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't going to light you up. I just had questions <laughs> on how you were doing it. I mean, because it was at max capacity, and it was. Uh, I would find this funny. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but, but so, so here's the thing, and and I, I think, you know, you ask about the, the precautions that you take. I, I continue to say it's about what you feel most comfortable with. But I also can present you with an argument, and I guarantee you, you won't wipe this down. If I put a hundred dollar bill in your hand, you gonna wipe it off, or you gonna gladly accept it? Maybe look at it to validate that it's real. Fold it up and put it in your pocket. And wash them hands later. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cash is probably, yeah. physical cash is yeah. probably the most dirty yeah. thing you can touch. They say and that, the escalator, and a, and a counter like at McDonald's, like uh, one of the biggest things on all three of those is like feces. Right? And your kids put folks their, don't wipe, their wash their hands. mouth right on yeah. their handrail. Don't touch Yo. that. You know, so and touch that. And so, again, there's a there's a level of and I'll say this and it's not dirty. There's a level of common sense that you also have to apply to the reality, of course, you know. And so the the thing with COVID is that it hasn't the common sense hadn't been established yet because the scientific community is still learning. Mm. They're still trying to tell you how it's even contracted. 
Is it airborne? Is it through surface? We don't even know where it originated from. If it jumped from animals to humans and thus in what part of the world that it happened, that we're still figuring this out, at least that's what we're still trying to figure out. The bats. <laughs> you know, the bats. And so and there's stories out there and you can choose to believe what what story you want. But the fact is, it's here now. Mm -hmm. Right. But because it's here, humans over time have evolved and we develop what's called immunity. And our immune systems fight off things all the time. Mm -hmm. You mentioned having kids and being a parent. Well, one of the first things that you learn having a kid and being a parent is if you put your kid in a school environment or a daycare environment, the pediatrician is going to say you can expect that they're going to come home sick and they're going to be sniffling several times throughout the cold and flu season. If they spike a temp, keep them home, but expect that they're going to get sick and that's going to build up their immunity. Right. Eat a little bit of dirt. You know what I'm saying? That's why you it's normal. And that's what you've already subscribed as normal, subscribed to as normal. So with COVID, that's where some of this other maybe this fake courage comes in. Hmm. Ah, man, if this is a virus and it's running through the human race, it's just a matter of time before I get it too, or before I develop antibodies and I can live to fight it another day too because it is a strain of the flu it's just a different strain right but again we have a flu vaccine and there are flu vaccines every year and you get it it's a part of the normalcy isn't that kind of like uh people who've contracted hiv not necessarily dying of aids but um complications because of age and maybe pneumonia things like that i think It brings up an interesting topic that I think we should discuss, too. HIV, autoimmune, you know, deficiency syndrome, like that type stuff. Those, I think, are a bit different because of I don't think that those naturally occurred in society. Mm -hmm. I don't think those were naturally occurring viruses. I think those were genetically modified and manipulated in weaponized viruses for a certain segment of people who were doing things and thus that became the the contagion path mm-hmm. and that's why even today you start to see well answer some questionnaire and they say well have you been engaged in behaviors that <laughs> would typically you know be rampant with this type of I mean these are Printed out in questionnaires, right? Lawful. You know, so I think that's a bit different. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, I think people are having to make the decision now of, well, do I live in this isolated, confined environment for the rest of my life until there is a vaccine that can eradicate this thing? Or do I live my life? And run the risk of contracting it and beating it and now being stronger than ever because I have the antibodies. Especially if you aren't one of those high impact or most at risk populations. 
old African-American or, or black or brown or underlying conditions, having an underlying condition that, you know, might be respiratory in nature. And, and, you know, and so if you're not one of those, then you might see them parting in the Ozarks. Right. You know, in June, just because a politician said, oh, we're at stage name the number and it's OK to go out and open up the country again so that we can start to get some economic flow into our economy. Well, why is that the case? Well, because November's coming. Right. <laughs> and we want to be able Puppet, to point to in the sheep. You know, following COVID doesn't care about the election cycle. And there has to be an election still. You know, but I guarantee you they are and it will continue to be politicized and weaponized around, you know, preventing you from doing something that might be your right to do. In, in speaking on that, I think it's ironic how the conversation of mail-in ballots and now a reason to absolutely have, you know, mail-in voting with a pandemic going on. I think it's, I just, I think it's ironic how those two things. Oh, we know how Chicago handles, how is it? They had dead folks voting. I mean, you'll have Under daily. So check it out. Like, so, you know, they, they sent people that were dead the stimulus checks and you have people that vote that are, you're going to have that thing. You're going to have those type of thing. And this is why I say that because I don't know the difference of a person going to vote and they're dead today. I don't know that. I'm just hearing dead people are voting and I'm giving that from the news. There are possibilities and circumstances where a dead person today could have voted. That's a technicality. And a politician plays technicalities all day long. So I don't know that this person has been not on earth for three, seven years and a vote was cast for them. All I know is, again, put it this way. How does a dead person cast a check? Who allowed that to happen? I mean, you could you could go deep. We could go as deep as you want. Right. I mean, think about this. Where we are today in 2020 and where we've been, I would say, in the last three and a half years under current administration is our normalcy has been exposed. And a new normal based on what this person wanted is now the 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 law of the land. And I see it that way because of how we've been fed what we've consumed and what we perceive as normal now. Mm-hmm. And we're not just like B.O. couldn't wear a tan suit without, you Ridicule. know what? We need to change the Constitution because he wore a tan suit. He couldn't go play golf one time. All right. <laughs> Without him being perceived as, you know, and tagged with the the lazy moniker. Out of the office. Yep. He's out to lunch. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. The fist bump that he and Michelle Obama gave, Obama gave each other a standard of support and, hey, 
Now on it's any, on any team. It's apropos to, hey, you know. But this guy doesn't even hold his wife's hand. You know. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's about the perception, right? And so, I don't know, man. The elections. Have you guys ever watched, um, literally on election night, and watched from the polls close and the wave of how they close across the country and how they start to mm-hmm. tabulate electoral votes and the popular vote? Mm-hmm. I did this last one. Yeah. Did y'all watch it when uh, Bush v. Gore? I was watching it then and went to bed where Gore had won Florida. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I do remember. Yeah. And then <laughs> you wake up and it's like, oh, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. our political system has been broken for a while. Um, Along with those voting machines in Florida. We still have... <laughs> We can't get electronic voting correct, right? Yeah. And so, and that's not by accident. That's no. by chance. So the point I'm making is if if you've ever voted um, an absentee ballot, you literally have to fill out your votes, put it in the mail, and send it, right? Night of, they're not counting absentee ballots. They're counting people who voted right then mm-hmm. in those precincts and they're giving you the results and there's always a margin of error. And they always say, well, there's certain percentages of the popular vote that are in absentee ballots that haven't been counted yet, but the majority and statistically it shows that this person has already won. So we're going to call the election for this person. Now, imagine if you're in California and you're on the West Coast and all of a sudden you're in the most populous state in the union and you voted absentee. Does your vote count? Not tonight. Not, Not tonight. tonight. Hey, you voted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, don't it doesn't count. It don't matter because we didn't count it. Because the election's already been won and the person is already conceded without your vote even being counted. And as it's coming across the country from the east to the west. And so... It's perception. Wow. It's not about the truth. There's hardly ever is there ever a true accounting of exactly total amount of votes that were tabulated. And that happened before there's a concession. That doesn't happen. And so I say all that to say this. Now, this guy is playing defense because he knows the game. And he understood what happened because he manipulated it the first time. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, man, this is rigged. Right. He just was saying it's rigged against him. But it actually he was rigging it. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just happened to win. Now he's saying, hey, it's rigged again. He's, it's the same playbook. Right. And it's like you're re- you're literally not going to be able to physically do what we think we are going to do. And so now insert COVID insert this ability for us to make a decision on November 3rd, we're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to run the risk of catching this virus by going to stand in line with hundreds of people and go cast your vote? Or are you going to do the easy thing by Doing the absentee ballot and mailing it in or voting early. Which may not count. 
which may not count. You also made it sound really easy to stand in line when I know um, this this uh, was the primaries folks was like in Atlanta and different places standing in line for two hours. Yeah. By going to the line and just turning right around, just being detoured from it. Yep. You know? Yep. Which is a part of, I think, voter suppression. It is, because, you know, we had an episode on it. I mean, probably, I don't know, last time we had to cast a vote about something in the that was what I was saying. I was like, I was surprised how easy it was here to just go cast. There was there was no hurdles for me. I, I barely I didn't even need an ID. I had one on. But so I, I'm guessing my information popped up with a picture to allow me to do so. Or a dead fault. I don't know. <laughs> Someone you know dead I mean? popped up and like, go ahead on. Because I was ready to give it. I said, but it, you know, my name and dude just gave me my scantron. Mm-hmm. Here's your number two pinch. Yep. But at in the same token, exactly what you were saying, you're seeing things on the news where people aren't even able to cast their vote. But I had such ease at doing it. It's 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 mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So because and that's the question. I mean for a while, I know for a while I wasn't voting because it was like the game is already rigged. Growing up, now it's like, well, I need to go vote. It's but, still an exercise. But, like, again, like, you have to think about how you're doing it. Like, you know, mail. I didn't know anything about the mailing. There's a lot of people who don't. And, I, and, I know and that I was good information for the listeners. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't know that. Yeah, you can vote in. You can uh, mail in mm-hmm. vote early. Mm-hmm. Really early, yeah. But but I didn't know. So it's there's not no, so there's no risk either. of it not getting yeah. counted late, and and depending on and uh, and again, I I would say that um, it's not being immediately counted. They have circuit clerks, they have politicians who that is their job. Board of elections, it is their job to administer the elections fairly, and 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 they have to do that. When I say your vote isn't getting counted. I'm not I'm saying it might not be counted night of in a part of the tabulated percentages that ultimately drive perception and will cause a concession of the election that night. Mm -hmm. Explain what a concession is. So if you and I are running for president and it's going to take 270 electoral votes to win and then you also have the popular vote which is just an aggregate, how many people, if there are, you know, in simple math, if there are 10 people voting, then I'm going to count all 10 votes. But those 10 those 10 people voting will account for one electoral vote. Right. Only nine people might be here physically. And then one person of the 10 voted absentee. We're not going to wait for that absentee ballot night of. We're going to go with the nine and then use that percentage to then drive that one electoral vote. Yep. And so if you've won 50 percent of those nine, right, four and a half of those, 
I might say, you know what? Chances are you've won. So I'm going to concede my stake in trying to compete further for this. And I'm conceding to you and I'm going to say you won. You fought a good race. So, so what is so it? I mean, because so we What's play sports. We happens. play sports in here. It's over. Like, I play until the fourth quarter is up. Like, well, what is, there's, there's, what is the, there's what is different, the, it's, it's different levels politics. of the game. So, for example, if well, you What can, is the advantage of quitting early? If you can see, so for example. Let, there are a let, lot of advantages. Okay. Yeah, so. There's perks. In the primary, when people concede. They have a funding that can run them up until a certain point. And if it's not, they're not hitting their benchmarks, then there's no, there, there's no more funding to continue this. So there's a greater chance that I can drop out now and be picked up as a, a candidate on the ticket as a vice president, or I might get into the cabinet or what these other jobs that are possible through this presidency. For example, like, uh, I I can be secretary. Ben Carson, Ben Carson. He he, he was in the presidential race. Uh, He dropped out. What do you get? Uh, health and human services, health and human services. I got you. You know, Hillary. eh, So it's kind of like a good deed. For you to put it this way, they still all work in the same place. Uh, it, well, yeah, yeah, it's lawyers and judges, yeah, right, and businessmen, but uh, you know, but that's yeah. so I'm because uh, I didn't know, and I, I feel like there's people that don't know that, you know, because it's like it, it's I'm not going com- hard it's, the whole time, it's not common knowledge yeah, yeah. if you're not invested in politics, right? Then and, you wouldn't know this, and no, so uh, well, and right, you wouldn't, but think back to um when Hillary was running in the primary against Bernie, right? And you had, you know, the the Bernie Democrats, the, you know, feel the burn, and it was this whole thing. It was a movement. And he amassed this massive following of people, and when there was this scuttlebutt about, hey, the DNC is in the tank for Hillary, and thus they're, they're spying on Bernie and got access to some of his records and documents you know then it was like hey y'all are in cahoots so bernie continued to run and had his you know constituency still supporting him and weren't falling in line behind hillary a lot of those folks when bernie dropped out of the race were like eh, now i don't want to i don't want to you know eat the vanilla ice cream (laughs) so i'm not gonna vote i'm not gonna give my vote to her i'll just stay home Guess who benefited? Trump. She wasn't a popular, but she didn't win in the key battleground states that drove the electoral college. Right? She didn't go to she didn't go to Michigan. No, she didn't go to Wisconsin. Mm. Right? And and lost Michigan and Wisconsin and lost those states. So Two close states. That same ideals you were counting. So, you know, not to get too far into that, but that was that's why. Um, and maybe you've heard this in a different context, but. Making a decision or not making a decision is making a decision. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah. Your inaction is a is definitive it, yeah. action. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if you decide to stay home and not vote, you are de facto voting for someone else. Mm -hmm. And so if you happen to represent a constituency that, you know, might 
lean to the right and you don't like what's happening on the right and you decide not to vote, then maybe that vote is ultimately going to support the it left. It throws it. It throws I it. I don't know. Yeah. Or your lack, your lack of support for the other, it does. Your non-answer is a no. Or, or your lack of an answer gives me your answer. And so that's where, yeah. in my, my opinion, you see a lot of energy being put into, you know, exercise your rights. And our folks fought long and hard to assure that we had these rights, died for those rights. And these were the people in the Jim Crow South that, you know, literally put their life on the line such that we could have the right to exercise our voice in the ballot box. Mm -hmm. And why is that so important? Right. And, And for me, it's so important because you could potentially have um, somebody that can, through the stroke of their pen, change your life. Every day. Or through the characters in their text negatively impact your life. And they have about 48 percent of the population. And guess what is going to believe what they say? Yep. Going hard. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. and, and like it or not, that's going to affect how you live. And so we are subscribing to the system that we cannot escape. We live here. We are governed by rules. That's what this country was founded on at laws. And so why not participate in that system and then amass a certain constituency to help change it and ultimately control it? And that's where people who may not look like us have been doing this for a lot longer and they've started to really understand. And we are now beginning to understand the gravity of our voice. And so maybe you translate to BLM, Black Lives Matter. Each and every one of us probably have had several conversations in our own respective you know, circles about that specifically. Yeah. Right. Whether you are um, a supporter of the movement or not. You know, Black Lives Matter is one of those things that on the just the initial observation could be different than the actual overall movement. Because when you it has a very emotional title, you know, it's it's it's. It says what it says, and then it was introduced with all lives matter Mm. as well. Independently, those things are great. (laughs) But when you put them against each other, now there's a battle. Where one where exactly where one is derogatory to the other. Yeah. Very strange. It's very strange. But that but this is the thing to a person to people that aren't protesting and aren't in the thick of the thing black lives matter means something different but when you witness black lives matter protests beyond the conversation of injustice you you're you're getting an intermixing of these other groups mm-hmm. into the movement that is taking the movement to other directions. I right. agree. I think I think um the term 
Black Lives Matter is ingenious because Black Lives Matter, period, there's no but. And if there's a but, you're exposing and opening yourself up to a conversation or ultimately an argument because you're showing your cards like you're how can you marginalize black lives? Right. Even if you're black and you've heard the terms, man, if we're going to support black lives matter when a black life is taken by a white police officer, why wouldn't you support black lives when a black life is taken by another black person? Cause then it's just crime. Well, now you've transcended the term black lives matter. And now you're talking about a movement and now you're engaging in a conversation that has nothing to do with mm. the term. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you agree that black lives matter, then they should matter all the time. Regardless of who's taking them. Mm. Right. Oh, if you're yeah. saying something different by, no, I want to fight racism or I want to fight um social injustice or institutionalized racism that causes the folks who are supposed to protect and serve us. And now they are disproportionately killing black lives or black men leading to black lives appearing like they don't matter as much as some other life. That's a different conversation, right? So don't allow the term to then get hoodwinked or commandeered by this movement that might be multifaceted and deeper than just the term. Because if I say to you again, black lives matter and you say, yeah, but now that's a deeper conversation that we're about to have Mm -hmm. because now I want to understand why there, there's a conjunction there. Mm -hmm. Because that's a definitive statement. If you tell me that, there's a but that tells me that you disagree with Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You might as well say, I disagree with Black Lives Matter. Quick, yeah. Right. You might as well. But just say that. <laughs> and now let's talk about why you disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. I mean, and so it's, and nor do I think that only black people have the right or should have the right to say black lives matter. I don't buy that all at all. I, I, I'm jumping in real quick. I almost feel that black people didn't even make up black lives. Matter. I, I Sometimes <laughs> I feel the same way. And, and maybe like, I, who, I think who I've talks said, like that? Do you as, it sounds as like a, an organization? When was it coined? Right. It sounds like uh, it's been around a little during, bit. It, it, so it, it, I don't think I heard. Ferguson. I was going to say I don't think I heard it prior. To that. It grew during Ferguson. Right. Think about this. Um, how do you? How? What does your internal um, psyche have to be for you to say I matter? You're at you're fed up, your your back's against the wall, you're scared, all of the the there's something's looming, whether it's your reaction to things happening or you're afraid something's gonna happen. Right. So you have something has negatively happened to you to cause you to now have to convince someone by making the statement 
to get them to subscribe to why what you're saying is important. And again, we don't necessarily walk around like that. Mm-mm. Right. It is when it becomes so blatant and obvious and you can start to connect the dots to the social injustice and this trend that now is becoming more than a trend. Now it seems to be a, a somewhat of a policy. Yeah, you're looking outside your own struggle. You know what I'm saying? Like to say this, 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 okay, this there, and like you said, you're connecting those dots. Right. And so for me, to what I was saying was I think this recent killing of George Floyd is igniting a fire not just in us who have known and dealt with the injustice for our lives. We've seen our parents deal with it. We've seen their parents deal with it. We've been a part of it. It is now the brazen nature that is being exposed and politicized and put in front of you to consume that now people cannot argue. They cannot argue that the dots are connecting in a certain way. When a officer who we give the authority to based on their job can kneel on a person's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. 846. And look in the camera and say, I know you're filming me. I see you filming me. And guess what? I don't care. I'm still going to do this. They are coming from a different place than the guy who's getting his neck choked and what's crazy is to add seasoning salt to the story is those the officer that murdered george floyd and george floyd knew each other george floyd worked together was like this dude ain't a good cop he's he's on bs he's he's an agitator he he does too much and to see this play out the way it did mm-hmm and so I think it, it this movement is it's ripe for um, where we are in 2020 with all the other craziness that's happening and to see how it is causing institutions to look in the mirror and check themselves. NFL. Um, it, it's it's I'm on it's, the NFL's tail. I don't it's know. telling you it's telling you. That this is something that these are this is our 60s moment. Like it's happening now. We're in the midst of it right now. Sure. Well, if you you look at it, a lot of times when we have these um, these I'm calling what they are, cop killings, they happen at a certain point of the summer or the season. It's like we're going to rock with George Floyd all summer. You know, um, certain things happen in the summer. We, We out of school. Now you have our kids participating in these protests and things like that. The weather's warm. I don't know how we'd be acting if it was uh, eight inches of snow, you know what I'm saying, or eight, ten feet of feet of snow. But it's just, you know, it seems like there's certain times. Like, personally, as a black man, what time of the year does it get wild for us? Summertime. When it get hot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When it gets hot. So if you wanted to trigger something, and if you and if you look at it, it happened in Minneapolis, and then it went to Atlanta, and then it went to the United States has had it been burning for days, like we saw in L.A. in 92. 
like we saw Watts when we saw Watts. The United States have been burning for days in major cities. So um, if you're talking about a set off or setting people off or igniting something, now you intertwine that with the political climate of what's coming up. So now you're looking at distractions. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, to coin the phrase Black Lives Matter, we've always mattered. We've always mattered to each other, but we know that we ain't never mattered. Right. You know what I'm saying? We historically, we've never mattered. Um, constitutionally, three fifths of a person. You know what I'm saying? I, I read somewhere today where a slave had escaped. They went and captured him. She sliced her daughter's throat. They tried her for murder. She got off on the murder charge because you can't murder something that ain't a human. Wow. So, so there we go with that. Wow. So, Black Lives Matter, like you said, is it, it's it's something that you could put out there, and if you say it, then we're gonna latch on to it, and then we're gonna ride with it. Now you got well, it, it, it only again, it, like you said, say it, latch on to it, and ride with it, and all that takes is a a media outlet to pump that an event, and you know, I'm I'm that guy. So, I mean, George Soros funds the Black Lives Matter. So I'm pretty sure he had a think tank make up them and All Lives Matter both at the same time. And if you listen to interviews from George Soros, he gets his direct guidance from the Pope. Mm. And And he will tell you, I don't care about the outcome of what you're talking about. I'm here to make money through funding this. And there's yeah. money to be made. No, yeah. You, yeah, you can't. That, that's, you a, that, that's a person that you need to know on site. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can always take uh, advantage of a good crisis. Oh, yeah. Spoken like a true villain. Like Wexler. <laughs> like, uh, like, like Wexler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, what's going on outside? Yeah, yeah. let's make sure. Uh, Shit, war makes the most money. Yeah. And, and and that's yeah. a good transition piece. We've we've spoken a lot about COVID. We we we've hit on some of the the Black Lives Matter protesting and that type of thing. There's one thing that I would like another stone I would like to turn before we let you out of here. Let's talk about some economics before we get out of here with with the country with the world in the climate that it's in what are some good things like just think of this there was a stimulus check probably seven eight weeks ago given out unemployment rate escalating at what point? What do we do? What 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 are some sound? What's some sound advice for a person to protect what they already might have, and what might be some idea going forward to build on that in this type of environment? This is different. This is not your normal regular. Yeah. This is the new norm. Sure. So I would go back to what we said um, about focusing on what's most important. Start with draw concentric circles. 
Who's your first family unit? Who's your first team? Who's in the house with you? Mm-hmm. Who's your external family? Who, who's your external group of friends? And then you start radiating from that center. But focus on the core first. And so for me, I, I'd say, what are you doing to take care of your household today? And keeping it real simple. Look at your income and look at your debt. Right. And if you find that, man, I'm out of balance, meaning I don't have enough income, but I got too much debt. Somebody's making income off of your debt. Yes. Those folks probably aren't getting a stimulus check because you're paying their stimulus check for them. Meanwhile, you might be expecting to get the one time stimulus check that the government's going to give you and guess who's paid for it you did already you did taxation player you know what i'm saying they're just giving you some of the taxes you've already paid that's what the income tax is you take this from me all year long and you you break me off a little bit of what i already earned and so one thing that i you know i i've learned is man and i believe is focus on you know what can you control Right. So right now to borrow money is really cheap. Interest rates are at an all time low, if not flat, really cheap. If you are a homeowner or you're an aspiring homeowner and you want to go borrow money from the bank to purchase a home, those interest rates right now are at all time lows because the bank wants you to borrow their money and they're going to make it cheap for you to borrow but they're still gonna charge you interest yep still gonna get theirs but you know it, lax it might bit. not be seven eight percent like it was in the 80s but it's probably gonna be three or four percent now right oh my we were talking about an amateurization schedule what is what is that that is <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how the bank is going to get their money So if they loan you X amount of dollars over 30 years and you have to pay them X percent interest over those 30 years, you're going to pay them their money first. All right. Yes. On the 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 note on the 30 year note, they're going to make money off of you for the privilege of loaning you their money. Mm -hmm. So you're you're going to pay them probably double you know, what you ultimately owe on the house because of the interest. And they're going to take it first. They're taking it first. So the record deal first. So you can't even pay the loan off yet. You're paying off the privilege of receiving the loan. Thank you. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you. so po- point being is controlling what you can tr- control. So, in these types of times, it's like, man, do you go and you continue to purchase or do you try to extinguish debt? And if you are able to do it, and again, this might not be a strategy for everyone, but I think in you know appropriate context, you can do your own part. Right. Try to control your debt. And, you know, don't overspend, you know, and then ultimately have to incur more debt like control your debt. And especially if you have debt that you owe more 
of a percentage of that debt to people. So if you have higher interest rates, whether it's credit cards or, you know, loans or whatever, pay those off first mm -hmm. so that you're not paying someone else's stimulus check yeah. while you're waiting on yours. Right. And maybe again, they even call it stimulus check because they're thinking it's going to stimulate the economy. The premise behind them giving it to you is to do what? Spend it. Spend it. Yeah. Flat screen. Put it Jordans. back into the economy so that we can continue to keep this society going and working around and around. Yep. Right? They're not telling you, I'm going to give you $1,000 so that you can go put that in the bank go or invest. Go, go invest it, go purchase a stock or go some long money. start an LLC with that. No. <laughs> They're not telling you that. No. <laughs> Don't go to your local. You need ten pair of J's for your eight kids. Don't, don't don't pull your stimulus together and buy a property with it. Don't do that. No. Don't get stop a, talking 20, that good 20 talk. Your, your your classmates together. Yeah. Ooh, don't talk that good talk. <laughs> That's what they don't want. Buy you a, a, a mellow cream. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the glaze. And the chocolate long john together, yeah. Yeah, hey, I have a I have a question. <laughs> Sir. Yeah, yeah. We've heard the story from three about the baseball encounter at the plate in the mound. I want to hear the story from you. It wasn't him though. I thought it was him. It's his brother. Oh, I'll shit. tell it to you from my well, you perspective. Can tell me your perspective on the <laughs> Man. Hey, hey, okay. I, we we bounce it off the floor and hit the backboard. We still gonna catch the alley. You, all right. Let's get the story then. Shit, my apologies. Hey, because because I was there. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Then I was in the and I tell you my perspective of the story. Go ahead. I never heard this. <laughs> and when I say it, y'all know I'm real because y'all probably done felt it in your own way too. I'm not playing because I'm older. I'm a year older than them, right? So I'm not even in the game. I'm in the sidelines on the bleachers. And so we go to Tubner, right? Oh, man. Was Dale Tubner. Dale Tubner. Northside. Shout out. Uh, <clears throat> and so. I'm trying to think where that's at. Ferry? Grandview. 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 Grandview? I, or not Fairview. No, Grandview. Dang, so I don't by the so. municipal I building. So we, was, well, we were representing know. Cy Young. <laughs> Cy Young and we we Blunt go Park. Up, you know yes sir and and so we go and I'm in the stands and so I go to find a seat and I see this other um uh more mature black mother in the stands that I didn't recognize right and Haven't she seen did you before <laughs> and she didn't recognize me oh wow and I didn't get to just sit and enjoy the game it was like uh, who's who's your mama and daddy? Who's your people? Yep. Tell who's your who people? you. What, yeah. What's your name? Googled you. You know, and this is <laughs> Googled you. This is late eighties, early nineties. Google mama. <laughs> Shout out Miss Holloway, right? That's and, right, cousin Z. And and she was like, "Yo, who who are your people?" And they hadn't you know gotten there yet. Um, or we had gotten dropped off, and you know, I started telling them, "She's like, oh, okay, okay, okay." You know, so meanwhile, Hitman. <laughs> this is this is the the Urkel before the Urkel. Oh man! You know he's wearing the glasses and yeah. you know he's <laughs> yeah. he, he he's the thing you know and he's on the Dale Tubner side and and, and North side 
And young Matt Nunn, you know, comes up and, you know, he's representing Cy Young. and For the patch. And uh, we know the story. Um, the listeners don't, though. Let's, 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 was let's, it, was let's it, I think there was a home run involved. Immediately. Like, <laughs> Matt went yard. Because had that power. <laughs> he had that core power. And uh, and so, I mean, it it, it kind of felt like it deflated the whole North side, like because it was like <laughs> it did because I was the, like you said I was the guy. He was the man, and and, and still is the man. The, you know, but and y'all did this to him. What are we gonna do? <laughs> did this to our Vince Coleman. And so he steals bases. <laughs> he pitches. He plays center. He's Bugs Bunny. He plays third, pitches, catches, center field, hits fourth, third. And and all. I mean, all of it, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> little did we know, but that was the start of a genesis of just that's evolved into a brotherhood that will never die. Why are you here today? That's why we're here today. Yeah. And honestly, and I and I'll say this to you. So I was a year older. And I used to pick on you. Yeah. And and probably used to bully you because you was taking my little brother away from me. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's how I viewed it back wow. then because at that moment, Suck man, up. when 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 y'all was chopping it up, Matt came home and he couldn't talk about nothing else but Charles Howard. Uh, we you know what I'm saying? And he was like, I remember when he went to spend a night at your house for the first time and I couldn't go. And I'm like, man, what the, what's going on? Like, you, who's hey, this? That's, that's real. When you said you taking my little brother away from me, because at the same time, he's probably the one that got on your nerves the most. Oh, my God. But, but but when someone else had his attention, he was like, that's my brother. Right. That's yeah. my man. Charles would come over and I used to call him Charlie Berger. And, you know, reason being is, <laughs> you know, he was a five percenter. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And he wasn't eating no pork steak. Yes. And the ribs, the dad was, yes. you know, grilling up. You know, this little cat that took no brother away from me. I'll was never coming. forget that burger, dog. Man, and so listen, <laughs> Charlie Burger. No, there's this is real. Oh, I believe you. I listen, totally believe you. Because he couldn't eat pork. And I said like that, Park. He couldn't eat Park. I remember. Man. <laughs> Mom used to pack ground beef in these sandwich bags and would freeze them. We took one of these ground beef sandwich bags out and threw it on the grill and put that bad boy on a bun and said, here you go. He killed it. The whole, Consumed the whole thing. I was that's like, a pound. it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a pound or better. <laughs> after it the, was cooked, the, the man. <laughs> and so I was, it was like, a pound after it was cooked. It was that eighty eighty, right? Lean, straight ketchup. Oh my god! Would you do do and, that? And bread. Bread, oh white bread. He was like Wonder Bread. The stuff they stick on the top roof of your the mouth Wonder right? Bread. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this this young buck is strong. Like, he's eating beef like this. Oh my god, this was for dinner. <laughs> but that's how it happened, man. And then you these still only put ketchup on your burger. Well, that was there. I was yeah. about to say that's almost a scene. I put the house on there. Yeah. No mayo though. No, no mayo. mayo. Right. No mayo. I know people. I, I know people who only use ketchup, and I just can't even believe that this is happening at your age. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're an adult, and you only use ketchup on your sandwich. Yeah, that's Stop a five, that's that. a five year old trick right Man. there. But yeah, back to that story real quick. Um, 
you're right. So like, here he comes, Matt batting third or whatever, <laughs> and, and playing baseball in Springfield, Illinois. You don't play with or against very many black people. Not at nope. all. Nope. So it was. It was almost like, who is this dude that I don't even know? Right. Right. What is he doing? Yeah. What is he doing? doing? Well, I know. What's his story? What's his story? He immediately told me what he was doing. He's putting balls (laughs) across the street. Yeah. Right? So he he did that. And I was like, okay. You know. (laughs) I'm a I'm a Bob Gibson type of pitcher, so when he gets back up, I'm gonna knock his brains out. <laughs> right? So I say that's kind of how old was y'all? Y'all was ten. No, it's fourth grade because oh, that's kind of early for that yeah, kind of no, uh, man. This because is, the following year we became best friends. That's in, what it in was. School, so it's fourth grade yeah. summer. He, that's kind of early to be that vindictive. It wasn't Thomas though. In them. That's it, how I, that's how that happened. That's how baseball was played. Yes. That's how yep. sports were played back in the day. You, you, but, but you, what you policed yourself. But listen, what you what you started to say though, that's that was the first time and the only time that we didn't know another black kid on the other side of the fence or other side of the field. Absolutely, because from there it was like, There's more. why don't we know you mm-hmm. right. <laughs> in Springfield? And then. Hey, come over and let's play ball in the field. Yep. Mm-hmm. You remember the field? Yes. You never go inside. He you know what I'm saying? We in the long. field next to our house on Cook Street. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we got these wiffle ball bats wrapped with electrical tape and duct tape. And we hitting tennis balls across Cook Street. Yep. Were we not? Yes. This is what we would do. And when it wasn't baseball season, man, we was throwing basketballs in the hoop. Yep. Mm-hmm. When we didn't have that and we had rocks, we was throwing, seeing who could throw rocks the farthest. Because we tried to figure out how we could strengthen our arms. I mean, that's just what we did. That's crazy. Or we was throwing footballs on the concrete, seeing yeah, who could yeah. throw it the length of the block. Right. Like, that's yeah. what we did, All literally. on the side street. And, I mean, <laughs> even shout out to little Tony, right? Yeah. I mean, he had, the, he had the basketball hoop. Yep. At, uh, at Unks. Yeah. And he also had the pit bulls. Mm-hmm. So you wasn't just gonna walk up in his yard, you know. You had to be invited, dude. They had a they had a pit bull, Scooby. Yes, yes. with the most innocent name. That's not a pit bull, but he was ready <laughs> for action. He was ready for Scooby Snack. That's right. If, if, if he heard the gate to the who I alley that open, he's like, "Who's in my yeah. alley?" Scooby hey, would run, and he would at full speed, especially on Fourth of July full speed and run his nose and his face up against the fence and bow the fence out. Like, that's what he would do. That's what nothing. kind of dog? That's what what, what he, kind he was of... training for that day to break through. Yes. What? I don't like that dog. I'm man, never Uncle Leonard, that. they always had dogs in that back alley, man. Man, I remember the first dog that I remember that Tony ever had was his name. Uh, no, Jody actually had his dog. Big his name Jody. Was Trouble. Oh, yeah. was a big old black German Shepherd. How you name a dog Trouble? Hey, he looked like that, Trouble. That ain't good for <laughs> nobody. Who doesn't live with him? Yeah. Hey, mom, Stop. I'm gone for the weekend. Can you feed Trouble? I, I happen to work, but uh, to it's gonna be a problem that. to feed Trouble. Can you yeah. watch Trouble for me? I'm going out of town. I happen Man. to believe that words actually mean something. Oh, and definitely. That is not the name. You, hey, you gonna date a chick named Trouble? What? Nope. She's the last one. She's Look, the last. They I, think, let, I think people have though. 
yeah. Folks got babies. <laughs> folks got babies by trouble. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Shit, I think I got a couple got babies a couple by trouble. Troubles. I think trouble ain't look. You know, they they can find action whenever they want. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Actually, trouble is probably the action that. <laughs> Man, your name's a verb. You action word trouble. I, I gotta say this though. Again, back to younger times before we go past. <laughs> you guys, you PJ, your your squad. Again, y'all was always just so like you were the guys. You were the guys. I I thought we all wanted to be. You know what I mean? You you were you were advanced. You always seemed like. You, you you had business to do. You was either going to a game, going to an event for school, or man, I you know, I'm I'm on honor roll or Frontiers. You, it was always something. It was business. And we, we were able to I was able to view y'all's life right before anything that I always had to do. Because you were just right there right before. And you know what? I've been a fan of y'all's for a long time, and thank you guys for doing it the right way. Wow. Y'all could have led us down a path where we all incarcerated. Y'all didn't. Yeah, man. I know where that come from. I don't want to cut you off, but I know where you're going. Yeah, That comes from, like, I I know both of y'all's, both parents, and I know exactly where that comes from. The story you tell them next to the Hubbards, that's my family. You, my family. Chuck, my family. Uh, you my family, Ham. You know what I'm saying? Growing up, you my family, Todd. And not the incar- the incarceration. Yes, we could have, but I know we all had strong people in our corners pulling for us, praying for us. You know what I'm saying? Uh, these Black Lives Matter. But but to be honest with you, that ain't enough. No, nah, it ain't. Their it's, influence it's would have overrided yeah. any of that. Yes. It, it takes a village. And and so to that point yeah. specifically, it takes a village. So. And that's the that's the beauty of maybe even how we started, where I think we all share that common bond growing up in Springfield, Illinois. Right. Because we grew up in a village. The mass migration of. Minority black educators that migrated from the south. To Springfield, Illinois, up 55 and stopped here in central Illinois, the capital before heading to Chicago and happen to build homesteads here in Springfield. I mean, they're the 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 pathfinders. They're the ones who established, you know, the foundation that we hopefully and, and did benefit from um, and found a different way. Right. And we all weren't perfect. We mm-hmm. all didn't get it right. And even those who have, you know, had some success and, and, and can reflect back on it, our paths weren't linear. Right. And it was exactly the 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 valleys that allowed us to have the peaks. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You think about that. Think about probably the the most important lessons you learned growing up probably was right after some tragedy or some tremendous lesson learned. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was you or whether it was your siblings or whether it was your friends who y'all remember I know we all remember, you know, being a young kid and having to go to a young kid's funeral. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when it is real. You know what I'm saying? That, so it happened, right? But I think, you know, when I think about, you know, 
my earliest and first memories of you, Sean. Man, y'all was going and doing overnights at the Y. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? From St. John's. And yeah. I was like. With the church group. With the church group. And I was like, man. And I bring my homies I didn't go to church with. Because the hoop brought us. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like. all in that building. And I, I looked up to y'all like, man, mm-hmm. I want to be cool like that. You know, they. They going to spend a night at the Y. We wasn't on nothing. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we wasn't. You know on what I'm nothing. saying? But oh, dude, we weren't yeah. spending the night at the Y. Yeah, that was something cool. That was, and y'all were doing it in a church environment. Yeah, and I was like, my gosh, your pops, God rest his soul, man. Mm-hmm. Every time our names would hit the paper. Oh man, man. Let you be in the paper now. He still might hit you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uncle Ricky, guess what yeah. he was gonna do? Oh, he's gone, man. He was gonna cut it out, laminate it, and make certain that you got it so you when he saw you. you at church on Sunday. So he, so you could see what you did, and so let you be proud of you, and let you know that he was proud of you. Yep. It takes a village. It did. You know what I'm saying? And yep. and think about that now as an adult. What that took in him to do that for somebody that may not have had his last name. <laughs> Well, let's put it like this. You know, I'm I'm at Southeast competing against cats at Landfair in Springfield, and he's cutting their stuff out and giving it to me to give to them. And it's like, I don't feel any certain way. Because now, when I look back at it, and now cats always come to me with, man, your dad was this, your dad was that. And that's his legacy. Yep. You know, he wasn't a drug dealer. He wasn't, you know, this, that, the other. <clears throat> his His legacy yeah. was he cared. About kids who wasn't even his. And so the 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 thing that, again, resonates and should resonate, and I'd, I'd love for the listeners to really hear me on this one, is when you talk about it takes a village and you see selfless acts being demonstrated, they're creating their legacy. And that's not something that we talk about often, but it's something that I think other communities do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? About what do you want to be known for that's going to outlive you mm. and be something selfless that you can invest in? You may not necessarily be the person out on the street with your fist held high, you know, protesting. But by gosh, you're putting in work to make certain that you got 20 young black men who could say I've never been incarcerated. You know what I'm saying? Who say I graduated high school and went to college and graduated from college or could say they are model citizens Mm -hmm. that community establishments are predicated on. I have a prime example. Uh, Coach Ham down down the table from me. They took our alma mater to state and got second place. Mm -hmm. Now, some of those young men that were on that team, I coached in middle school. And they went on to get college scholarships that they otherwise would never have gotten if they yeah. didn't stick to basketball or going to a coach who cared about them going beyond. Yep. So that is the the um, the village. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I think about I, I remember back on um, one of the podcasts you guys had. You guys had uh, Derek Stapleton here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sat and watched that went through the range of emotion. You know, and just was like, wow, this brother, you know, gave to us again, one of those members of the village in the community who didn't have to. Didn't at all. 
but gave his Sundays away to us to try to teach us and still does it to try to teach young black men how to become better. You know, and there are multiple examples of that that we got a chance to benefit from. Right. And that's what I reflect on when I think about, man, how blessed were we? You know, and how fortunate were we? I've, I've said it a lot down here. The programs that we were a part of growing up obviously worked. Hmm. Man, obviously. I, I, I hear because I, I, I didn't I didn't get any of that type of stuff. So when I hear you guys talk about it, it's like, man, what in the what like what is that like? You know, that's why I'm so difficult to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you like me because, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm for, you know, I didn't. That exposure was important. It was. And I get to see it. Uh, I didn't get to see it from us, though. Like, you know, what I'm saying like I got exposed through uh, friends that's not black, but I got exposed to more than were Reynolds and, and Cedar mm-hmm. because it, it just, it, it's not like that. Right. So, and I even, I, the same thing you guys are doing, I, I came to them like, hey, you guys don't even know, you saved probably about four or five of us because it's it was easily... Easy, it was easy for us to just go down the street and do what we do all day long. You know, there's not, it's, it's a free-for-all. So being exposed to other things, other things, like other parts of life, yeah, understanding that I'm allowed to do all the time, but you can't be that all the time in this place, this place, and this place. I can be that over here, but you, you know what I'm saying? So I it's do. just, uh, you got it, it, it. It's all around. You have to be able to, uh, you got to be exposed to that stuff, man. Like, and, and that was important for me to be able to come over to your guys's house. I, I wasn't able to go very many places and I spent a lot of time at your house. And if I didn't, I, I was so infatuated with the hip hop culture. I would have been knee deep in everything that it negatively brings to the community. Yes. I loved it. Yes. But I knew I couldn't do any of that at my house and I couldn't do any of that at your house. I had to be a hundred percent correct at both places. And there was no room to be in the middle. Them CDs ain't out. You got to hide them. <laughs> and tapes. I'm telling you. Them tapes, what, does that say parental violence advisory on that? Get rid of it. See, my mom was fueling it. She was letting all that ride. You, y- y'all could get in the car in fourth, fifth grade, and we'd be playing NWA and Snoop Dogg. Oh, she know, and she knows it. <laughs> and she's like, hey, play that one. Oh, I'm like, yeah. Put that B side on. Yeah. yeah. Man. Like that, like, that was always normal to me until I brought friends around. And they'd be like, man, you could play. I'm like. Oh, he was listening to gospel. <laughs> Coach oh, real yeah. quick. Oh, yeah. Kirk Franklin's greatest oh, yeah. hits. I don't like Kirk Franklin. Man, you better anymore. turn that. You better I, keep I, turning that jet. 
man, it's right. beauty of the week turn. Right. Yeah, none of that. You had to sneak to get BT. Hated it. Uncut. Hated it. <laughs> man. But the crazy thing is it, it desensitized you to that type of stuff. You know, because you didn't need that at that age. Just like I don't want my kid listening to that at a, at a young age. Because you can't differentiate the difference between this is entertainment you, you, and you're selling me a street story. But that's what's crazy is it's it's none of it's entertainment. It is being sold right. as yeah. such. It's not entertainment. What's so crazy to me though, like you know, when you say your mom put you, you know, it was like play that. My mom took me to see ministers or minister society, and I was because you know it was like. That had, I don't even know when it came out, but I was under fifth grade, you know. Is that, is that the movie where Jada was messing with that young boy? <laughs> <laughs> is that the movie? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I just want to know. But she took me to she took me to that, and I was geeked at first, like, yeah, I'm going to go see this movie. It's rated R. Your mom ain't taking you to see no rated R movie. Uh-uh. She went and took me to see that, and it, I was like, Dang. And she was like, and I don't want you to get into any of that stuff. I'm like. She hit you with the scare straight, bro. But it was a real lesson. Like, yeah. You don't want to end up like Kane, son. Heck no, you don't want to. You don't like, want to end up like Kane. No. Let so, me see your gun. So it's it's crazy because you guys, I don't, I think, uh, I think he said it earlier. It's like, there ain't no playbook. No. Nah, you know, no. it's not a playbook. So. It's game on. You got to feel. Coach, you got a coach. Like, well, can this player take that? Hey, you're in overtime. You, you no huddle. No, there's no timeouts. Two minute drill, you, all game. Your star ain't in the building. Right. <laughs> For real. We need to win tonight, though. Yeah, hey, you got Byron Leftwich getting, car- getting carried to the line. <laughs> Every time he can carry it to the line. Save his life, Kane. You know, like God, whoa. We we we've been all over the place this evening. It's it's been an honor to have my brother on the podcast. Is yes, there sir. anything that you want to leave the listeners with that you already haven't? You've given you've given out a lot of game. You've given you know, reflection, you've given testimony. Is there anything else you want to leave them with? Yeah, man. <clears throat> I say this. Um, as, as I've said already, um, life is a journey and you cannot appreciate the, the ups if you don't have the downs to reflect on. And COVID was one of those downs, but it, it refocused my efforts to really appreciate what's most important and the connections. How many of you before 2020 ever thought it was cool to FaceTime a, a, a friend of yours? <laughs> we didn't do none of that. Nah. We we had have a Zoom call, have a, you yeah. know. We had this technology at our, finger our fingertips and never and, used it. You know, nope. so it's like stuff like that or um, for you to genuinely not just transactionally, but genuinely be engaged with your family, with your friends, be lose yourself in conversation. So I applaud y'all for doing this because this was this is something new. We didn't do this. And y'all are paving the way to have great conversations that will live forever. Thank you. 
And that is important work and y'all are putting it in. And I just applaud the conversation. I'm, I'm happy and, and blessed to even be a part of it. Um, I would say this to the listeners too, man, give back, pay it forward, whatever term you want to use, but invest in something that's going to have a multiplier effect on what you care most about. That could be your household. That could be in your in your kids. It could be the village that you are part of. And you may not even know that people are watching. Right. Doing something beyond the benefit of yourself. But to make another person feel top of the world. Those are the things that we've spent the last few hours talking about that we're still talking about. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I'm not talking. It doesn't have to be some earth shattering big thing. It could be a small gesture of kindness bestowed upon you just to give somebody who doesn't have it a possibility of having it. Something representation. Mm -hmm. Your mom said this. I remember at my dad's funeral at the repast. She said that. And I was like. Man, that meant something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We've reflected on that tonight about how the friendships and we're going back to like probably before we was even all in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to for fourth, fifth grade. You know what I'm saying? Like we That's really uh it's it's about that. And he's so, only in school four years. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would I would say find find your thing. Find your moment, find your path, find the journey that you 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 happen to be on and figure out how you can intersect that with with somebody who you can become that mentor, that that guiding light for. You know what I'm saying? Teach somebody what was taught to you. Mm-hmm. Pay it forward. Build. That's that's and, and build the community. Keep advancing the cause. And they don't just have to look like you either. Right. True. Right. Some of my deepest relationships are with people that don't look like me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's the beauty of us being a part of the same race. Human. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where we're at. Talk. I'll say this. And so the the Black Lives Matter in 2020 and COVID and, you know, political landscape and all this stuff. At the end of the day, you still have to go earn a living. A lot of times these things aren't. um politically correct to talk about at work. One benefit that I'm starting to see is it's starting us to have some similarities that we can't escape. Mm. Yes. A lot of times at work, we focus on differences and I've said this at work and I've said it to groups of 200 plus people. I've said it to one-on-one. We make the mistake when we focus on our differences And that continues to divide us. I challenge you to think about where we're similar and start a conversation from there. No human walking the earth is the same. We all are different. What color is that? That's not black. Name that color. This is black. But we subscribe to we are part of and we call ourselves something that was given. You know what I'm saying? So it's 
How did that come to be? Right. How did we come to subscribe to this? Hmm. Right. Yes. When in reality, you can look and and all you got to do is ask someone who's ignorant of the spin. Yes. Hmm. Your kid who will ask you an innocent question and you have to struggle to answer it because the question makes so much sense. But the answer is so stupid. <laughs> yep. I got that question. Daddy, are the police going to kill all of us? Are the police bad guys? Are they going to kill all the black people? Mm-hmm. Daddy, is our president a bad guy? Are police bad guys? Because he loves superheroes and he's trying to process good and bad. And, yeah. You know, in it's the his world. world. Yeah. Daddy, you're you're black or why are you darker than mommy? What color am I? All day long. <laughs> All day long. Curiosity of a child. And it's like, wow, this is how he's perceiving the world. And how do you parent that? And how perceptive do you need to be mm-hmm. to check yourself and what reality you seem to live in? Because, again, we, we call ourselves things and we subscribe to this, but it's like, how do you dumb it down or bring it down to a level that can be easily con- consumed by a four-year-old? Right? So going back to it, man, focus on where we're similar. Yeah. Not where we're different because there are way too many differences. Every one of us is different. If you start from where we're similar and now you can have a conversation and say, well, I too believe that or I also had that level of experience and that's where you start to build the camaraderie or the bond mm-hmm. right you and Matt happen to like to play Nintendo you happen to also like to play baseball and it started there Yep. you were po- two black m- men or your boys playing on predominantly white teams mm-hmm. similarity Yep. <laughs> I was another black kid young kid and a black parent in on the north side of Springfield. Similarity. Right. Yep. And from there, guess what created? It wasn't about your differences. It was about the similarity. So mm-hmm. focus there. Right. And I, I would say that is so simple when you think about it. It's like, well, geez, why can't we do that? But meanwhile, we're, we, we continue to want to, you know, Carve it up in different ways. Why? If you're playing baseball and you're black, you better figure that out. You're going to have to figure that out quick. You and the other brother got a lot of similarities. Yeah, you start, you play you know? second base. He, I mean, you know, all, Get ready for all center of that, field. All of that. So, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. So very powerful words from Mr. Mark Nunn. Yo, much respect, man. I love y'all. I appreciate the, the opportunity just to, you know, breathe the same space with y'all. No, nah, man, like I told you, man, thank you, thank you. I, <laughs> yes. I, I consider you my brother and I love you, man. Likewise. And uh, Yes, sir. You know, you, you gave some very in-depth conversation to the listeners. And I hope you guys enjoy it because you already know what this is. This is Intentional Dangerfield.